Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson, Burkett with you. Get involved on the show. 65780 Air Comfort Service text line. Leave a mic drop via the 101 ESPN app. Jackson, we only have an hour. So as much as I know you want to get into the association and the WNBA, I don't think we're going to have time today. Oh, rats. Right. 700 home runs, Missouri debacle, Apple TV, Cardinals heading down the stretch, Anything else? NFL is stuff going on. Wow, so vivid in its description. Yeah. So yeah, I get I get we'll have to cut uh NBA talk from today's board, but I'm not happy about it. No, I understand. You were furious in our pre show meeting. Uh Dan McLaughlin and John Rooney, both on the opening drive with Randy Carricker and uh Kerry Davis and uh the great Matt Rocchio was pulling some of the audio because since we're on uh, doing TMA down the hallway. I didn't get a chance to hear it, but I'm anxious to hear it. Your, your first question, and I want to get right to it here, is with Albert hitting 700 the way he hit 700, was it, in a sense, anticlimactic? And I don't know if people will be uh, averse to hearing it described as that way, but relative, in my opinion, to what it could have been, had, let's say, he be on 699 and the Cardinals are heading home for the three-game series against Pittsburgh, the buildup for that, the buildup for each one of his games in St. Louis and each one of those at-bats, picture that if you can, feeling I'm like Matthew McConaughey at the end of A Time to Kill. Mm. Picture, if you will. Have you seen the picture? Yeah. Oh, good, good or bad? Good. Oh, wow, but not real good. Samuel Jackson really leans into it with the yelling, and <laughs> yeah. I like that. Um, but yeah, I like that movie. Uh, so I'm trying to I'm trying to, to convey my point. I'm trying to say, picture that. Picture he's on 699, the Cardinals are playing the Pirates, and there's three home games. Picture the atmosphere. Mm, it would be electric. Before the game, and each one of his at-bats, yeah. the murmur in the crowd, that that surprising silence that exists in between the wind-up and the ball getting to the plate. Yeah. And then what I would feel like is inevitably the 700th in St. Louis on Bally's, yeah. on Camo X, as of course it was on Friday night, and with... Everything that would have occurred, picture that versus what it was. Or even, he hit 699 Friday, and then the build-up for the game Saturday. 100%. Still now, you're still in Los Angeles, but the game then, and Dan McLaughlin's able to make the call, but uh, there's at least a build-up, and it's not, and even if people were going, well, it's in Los Angeles, and it's it's not in St. Louis, it's a you know, West Coast game, at least going into the game, people know that there is a chance that it can happen. Now, of course, you knew there was a chance it could happen going into Friday night, but considering it started when it did, and while I personally enjoy the Apple TV broadcast, and I realize that's not a popular opinion, I recognize that for the entire fan base, it's not an ideal set of circumstances. And while it actually is something that you can get free, I know that most people don't know that. And while... 
in, inevitably people like to crap on older people and say, you know, you get with the times. And it's wonderful. I don't really think you win a lot of people over by saying that. Uh, the reality of the situation is when I think of whether it be my parents or my wife's parents, for a lot of them, they're just like, I don't know how to do it and I can't figure it out. And so I'm not watching the game. Right. And so on Friday night, we're exhausted. We had had a, a, a bunch of events last week and some shows and the golf tournament. And I'm getting ready to go to bed and, and I get to see him hit 699. I'm watching the game. And at that point, I'm like, well, I got to stick around for right. his next at bat. Right. And then he happens to do it at approximately 1030 mm-hmm. St. Louis time. And what that was, I think, for most people is, by definition, anticlimactic, comparing it to the scenarios that I laid out. And for as much buildup as there has been, and for the fact that it was only uh, the fourth time it has ever happened in the history of this game, the first time with a Cardinal player, that it is unfortunate. It's incredibly fortunate that it happened, which is such a great credit to him for being able to do this. But relative, again, I keep using the term relative, relative to the circumstances of what it could have been in that sense, it's unfortunate. Jackson, yeah. your thoughts? Yeah, I think the like the big part of it is the late game here on the West Coast. And like you said, like if you hit 699 and then the game ends, you have at least 24 hours of buildup you know, constant people are watching, getting onto the game. You had about half an hour of buildup before he hit 700. And while it was, like, incredible and, you know, what do you guess? I mean, we thought when Albert got here in April, like, you're like, yeah, I mean, it'd be incredible. I'm sure we did arbitrary percentages beforehand. Yeah, and it was— Because that's our brand. Yeah. And it's a hell of a brand. Big time. I wonder what we would have put it at. We were probably in the twenty percent. Yeah, I would think in the ten to twenty percent range. Right now, even I'm, when he was at six ninety eight, and you said he's going to do it, you gave him forty one percent on Thursday. It was candidly some of the more fascinating math I've ever witnessed. Right, and we were on the show obviously between six ninety nine and seven hundred because it happened, like I said, thirty minutes apart. But I was at forty nine percent when he hit six ninety nine. Yeah, I was like, oh, it just flew up. Now my understanding. Uh, from doing a show with you for three hours before this one is you actually went to bed after he hit 699 and then set your alarm for 35 minutes later. Can you confirm that? Yes, because I figured, you know, okay, he just hits, so most likely be in like the 30-minute range when he comes up next unless the Cardinals go on some hot streak. And then right, like literally right when I got back out of bed to turn it on, he did it, which was great. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, I was tired. Don't God, I cannot imagine... Like, it's one thing if you're taking a nap in, in the daytime, yeah. but at night, being exhausted, and you're going to bed at around 10, and then you set your alarm for 10.30, and then wake up, whew, yeah. that doesn't feel good. That doesn't well, feel good, as I say the word. Luckily, I didn't actually fall asleep. I was just kind of, like, in bed. Like getting, It takes me a little bit to fully fall asleep. So, I like, right when the alarm went off, I was like, all right, I'm going to get up, see if he's up, and he right about, he's walking up to the plate. I was like, all right. Here we go. He's either going to ground out or he's going to hit it and I can go back to bed. And he hit it. It was awesome. And I stayed up for a little after that because I was kind of juiced up after that. But then I, went, I got back to bed. But, yeah, it wasn't optimal. Uh, if it was, if, if I had my druthers, he wouldn't have done it on Friday night. But, hey, you know, you get to see, like I said, I've said this many times on here before, It was I'm so lucky. Like when I started watching baseball and go to the Cardinal games, I got to watch the greatest player at the time and one of the greatest right-handed hitters in history every single time I went to the ballpark. So they see him hit 700, you know, in the last season of his career is like, 
you know, can't get much better than that for a sports fan perspective. From the Cardinal fan perspective, I am curious what your experiences were with it. Were you watching it? 65780. Uh, how does it compare to what you anticipated it being versus what it wound up being? 65780. And you can use the 101 ESPN app to leave a mic drop. Um, and we will get into that topic and we'll play Dan McLaughlin uh, for those of you who didn't get a chance to hear him on with Randy Carricker and Kerry Davis uh, here about a half hour ago. Um, but in his thoughts on not being on the call since it was on Apple TV, specific to Albert Pujols, he now has 700 home runs. And in addition to the fact that he has become the fourth ball player to do that, what a number of writers are observing nationally regarding this final season is something that I think we have perhaps taken for granted in St. Louis. I don't know because I think there's this expectation of greatness. But so often the end for a baseball player in particular, because with a football player, they just don't play him. Yeah. But for a baseball player trying to hold on is sad and a slow death to the career. Right. And candidly, I thought that's what we were witnessing in April, May, and June, and a portion of July. And for him to mount this charge to get to 700, especially the way the season started, and therefore finish his career with an absolute high, still with, we'll see what happens in the postseason, but nonetheless, to get to 700 cements his legacy in the game, uh, re, uh, rejuvenates what it was when he left St. Louis for those who might have been too young to appreciate it at the time or for those who may have not really been paying attention for the last decade because he was just kind of a guy for his time in Anaheim versus his time in St. Louis. But more so, I think it it solidifies a love between Cardinal fans, this region, and a player that will intensify the legacy in St. Louis because of the way it ended. Not just the return, but the return not only was successful, but it ended in history. In other words, had he just finished out his career with either the Angels or the Dodgers, it isn't as intense as it is now. I think that's an obvious statement. And had he come back to St. Louis and just kind of had a fine year, but not done this, it would have been great that he came back to St. Louis, but it wouldn't have been what it is now. But not only did he come back to St. Louis, not only to have more than a fine year, he did something that I think you probably could have gotten somewhere in the 10 to 20 to 1 odds yeah. at the beginning of the year on, and probably even more so at the All-Star break. And he was able to do something that only three other ball players in the history of the game have done. And on top of that, by the way, he's become a key component of the offense. Yeah, this isn't seriously. just like ceremonial. Big this time. is this is needed yep. in October. It is needed now as much as you can have a need with the kind of lead that the Cardinals have. And what that does is it makes his legacy with this organization eternal. He is now up there in most fans' minds in the same class as Musial. Um and so what has taken place specifically over the last two months, and I know it, it to an extent, of course, when he came back with the Angels, 
uh, and the love affair when, you know, he's with the stop with the Dodgers and so on and so forth. But this has become something that I don't think many people saw and certainly nationally kind of expected it would be more like the Ken Griffey ending. And instead, when he retired with the Mariners, this is this is on another level. And it truly is, as, as Ricky Horton said on the call, it is a Hollywood ending taking place in Hollywood. Never could have seen it coming. Yeah. Never could have seen it coming. And in that sense, it's phenomenal. On the other side of it, the 700 home runs relative to what it could have been had they been in St. Louis, or even if he would have just hit 699 on Friday, and then there could have been buildup with everybody watching on Saturday, even if it happened at 11 at night, uh, it, it, it changed it. And in that sense, that's unfortunate. But still, the fact that he got there is the bottom line, and he got there, and he's now in the 700 club. So awesome. Yeah. The, the overall overarching premise is it's awesome for a guy who's been – just an incredible ball player, incredible off the field. So, yeah, that that's my takeaway is wasn't the perfect way to finish it, like perfect way to do it, but it's just incredible it happened. Your thoughts are welcome. 65780, Air Comfort Service text line. Leave a mic drop via the 101 ESPN app. Uh, you'll hear from Dan McLaughlin and his thoughts on the way things played out. He was with Randy Carricker and Kerry Davis on the opening drive. We'll have that for you coming up. And also, as two guys who went to the University of Missouri, we have to spend a little time on what took place at Auburn. Uh, from 11 o'clock to about 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. That is coming up as well. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, 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 yes. How's my pitch right now with that? Really I feel good. good about it, yeah. Man, I didn't. I didn't realize I had that kind of vocal range. I might become a crooner. I'd like to see it. No, I know. Be L- fun. Lounge singer. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing tonight? I gotta play. Uh, I gotta play a cocktail lounge, a hotel bar. You no, know, just ashtrays, whiskey, right there. I could see it. Yeah. Well, uh, the tuxedo with the bow tie undone. Oh, Come see, see me at the Days Inn in St. <laughs> Peter's. I'll be playing all your favorite hits. Uh, 65780 is how you can text into the show. Well, that's the Air Comfort Service text line. Hundreds of thousands of people are doing so. And, of course, leaving uh, mic drops via the 101 ESPN app. Do we have any uh, mic drops, Jackson? I think we do. Let me take a look. It's going to take seconds. So. <laughs> now, when, I say it, when I say it, I was like, oh, when I take a look, even though in my mind I thought, well, that was an odd way to say, yes, here it is. It was actually you literally saying, yes, let me take a look. Yeah, we have some in there, but I need to, of course, vet them before I can play them over the air. My I wouldn't goodness. be doing my job. I would hate to have to throw something this early in the week. I, I would hate to do that. I will, I will not, do it, though. I am a man of integrity. I will not sacrifice the integrity of this station by playing something before. Am I going to throw off your plan by playing the Dan McLaughlin sound? No, I got that right. Okay, now. let's take a listen to Dan on Randy Carricker and Kerry Davis's opening drive this morning. It's fine. I was just thrilled to be there. And I think what we all need to remember for those that said those things on social media, thank you, is that this is about Albert. This isn't about me. It's not about any announcer. This is about Albert with a historic accomplishment, an amazing accomplishment, and all the, the, the love in the world should go to him. So uh, I've been doing this a long time. This is 25 years. I've done more TV games than anybody else, you know, in our franchise's history. And I was, uh, very lucky to be on the radio call 
um, with John and Ricky and, and Mike Claiborne, and it was my inning, but I acquiesced to them and said, hey, man, no, 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 you you definitely have to be the, the guy that calls you. I told them that uh, there's no way under any circumstances where I, I was going to make that call. It's a great moment in Cardinals history. Would have loved to have been behind the mic, of course. But uh, life goes on. Not a big deal. And uh, I'm just thrilled for Albert. I, and I truly mean that. That's Dan McLaughlin this morning on the opening drive with Randy Carricker and Kerry Davis giving his thoughts. Jackson, your reaction to what Dan had to say. That's, Dan's great. You know, it, it, I don't think any of us who are listening right now have any doubt that Dan would knock it out of the park, pun not intended, on his call. But Rooney did too. Rooney was great. And the Apple TV call I thought was great. So I agree. It's not about the broadcaster. It's about... Albert, and I thought that was a great response by Dan there. Yeah, he was uh, on the call, but deferred to John Rooney yeah. on the radio, as was the plan. Yeah. And um, when he hit 699, and I thought to myself, man, this could actually happen tonight, one of the first things I thought, thought about was, oh, that means if it does, Dan will not be on the call. And honestly, right. I don't know. I have zero complaints about the Apple TV telecast. Now, the game being on Apple TV is something that I know a lot of people are irritated by. But as far as the telecast, the broadcast itself goes, I thought the broadcast was was good, for lack of a better term. But I have no idea what the name of the gentleman was who made the call. And, and I'm not saying that to be spiteful Chris or mock it. it the, the point, oh, I know he was on the call, but right, he wasn't yeah, the play-by-play yeah. guy. My, my point being, we, I witnessed Albert Pujols hit 700 home runs, and I don't know who made the call. I know John Rooney made it on radio, but I, and that's, you know, that's one of the, the byproducts of the Apple TV game. Um, and, you know, and, and as I said on, on TMA this morning, uh, talking with my mother-in-law and father-in-law, my son's uh, soccer game yesterday morning, and I know my father-in-law is a huge Cardinal fan, and I also knew that there was no way in the world that he saw the game uh, just because of it being on Apple TV. Now, right. I personally, as an Apple TV guy, I like that it's on Apple TV, um, but I, but I know that it's it's something that for a number of people, and certainly if you're older, that that would be more um, impactful. Yeah. That that's unfortunate. There's just there's there's no way around it. Yeah. And 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 I I really you know and I get for people who are younger, and I guess I'm kind of in the middle at this point at 45. That uh, people oh people need to get with the times, and that's it's it just. I don't know, man. I just don't think that's the because because to me, I view it. Through, I view it through. Let's let's start. I view emotionally and I view it business wise. Emotionally, if your parents are still around and you are in your twenties, thirties, forties, and they're Cardinal fans, and if you're in St. Louis, there is a good chance that that is the case. If those qualifications are met, were your parents up and watching that game and able to watch that game? And I'm sure some of you will say, yes, of course, but I would tell you more than most likely weren't. And that's unfortunate. Now, I don't think that means anybody is guilty or did anything wrong, but emotionally, that sucks. Yeah. And from a business standpoint, I understand what baseball is doing with Apple. I think the whole thing about we're trying to, and by that I mean, to be clear, because we've discussed the Apple TV broadcast before, they are trying to generate more revenue by increasing the number of TV partners and also starting to try to get people comfortable with the idea of watching games via streaming. So this is the way to slowly get into that. I understand it. 
What I would tell you, I think, would be a good compromise on this would be when it's the local markets, you make it available on free television or the normal partner. Right. Um, so the game's available on Apple TV, and then you also have it available on on Bally's in the case of St. Louis. Yeah. Um, because that is just that's just not the way to bring more people to the table because what you've done is you've alienated people. And while some might go, well, this is a St. Louis thing. St. Louis has a more of an older population and it's behind the times. And that's fine. Feel free to say it. But just so you know, this story was actually a bigger story going into the game in what city? In New York City, where they're monitoring Aaron Judge and yeah. 61 home runs. I think more so than anybody, by the way. I feel like that is a New York-centric story. Uh, and Aaron Judge and the Yankees were on Apple TV for the earlier game on Friday night, and that was a huge story. Andrew Marchand of the New York Post was covering it. So you can talk about this being St. Louis and behind the times and older people live here. Well, that was in New York City uh, where they were complaining about it as well. So from a business standpoint, I don't think it's great business. I would imagine that the counter at Apple and Major League Baseball would be, well, if we put it on in the local markets, then nobody is going to feel the need to subscribe to Apple TV and get comfortable with streaming. And this is the way that we force them to, even though that's not the word that they would use. But that is what the goal is, is to force people to sign up and get comfortable with it. And I understand it because baseball is way more regional than football. People are signing up for Amazon because they're like, well, I guess that's the only way I'm going to be able to watch football, not because I have a big you know, investment in the Browns or Steelers, but because I'm gambling, or I just want to watch the NFL, so I will do it. But the emotional attachment between a community, it's baseball fans, uh, is is so localized that to take that off the map was a really poor decision, especially when you're talking about foresight. You're talking about the Yankees and Red Sox and the Cardinals and Dodgers. Great, those are big matchups, but what if they impact the playoffs? Now, in this case, they really didn't. Everybody's kind of locked in. The Red Sox aren't going. The Yankees are, the Cardinals are, and the, the Dodgers are, and they all basically have their seeds locked up. But individual accomplishments, that was taken away from a portion of each fan base, and it didn't have to go down that way. Or the thing that they could have really won people over with is saying, hey, we see what could happen. And this game is normally on Apple TV, but because we recognize the set of circumstances, we have made an accommodation to, and I don't know how you could have done that. I'm, pre- yeah. I'm presenting a solution with an actual lack of pragmatic application to make it take place, but that could have been a way around it. Uh, and I realize you're paying millions of dollars for these TV rights, and when it gets down to it, it's all about a P&L, and it's all about investors and stock prices, and I get it, but with regards to this, you could actually do more from a PR standpoint by doing something like that. Because that was a story, and I was watching it because I read Marshawn. Marshawn Wright is the media critic in the New York Post. And I was reading that throughout the week. I'm like, man, this is a really big deal in New York with Aaron Judge and the fact that this game is on Apple TV. And then I thought, man, what if Pools hit 700 on Apple TV? Right. You know, What if both would have happened? I'll tell you this, had Judge done it, on Apple TV, it would be getting more attention Agreed. nationally. And Agreed. then they would have included the pools at 700 on on Apple TV. But the pools thing kind of flies under the wayside. And by the way, and this isn't a St. Louis-centric viewpoint, I know some Missouri fans were really irritated by the Aaron Judge at bats in the middle of the Missouri-Auburn game. And I, even though I'm a Missouri fan, I recognize that while I'm watching two of the three worst teams in the SEC playing at this yeah. particular moment, and, you know, a fan or not... You know, it is really 
subpar football at this particular moment for both these programs that were playing for the SEC championship against each other nine years ago. I just can't imagine many people are like, oh, good, they're cutting in to a college football game so I can see if Aaron Judge hits 61. Now, if Aaron Judge were on 73, maybe. Right. Maybe. Right. Maybe. But 61 has such little significance yeah, at I, this moment. I think there's a large population of people out there who doesn't who don't know who Roger Maris even is. He's not a Hall of Famer. He's the, Those watching the Missouri-Auburn game were not going, oh, good. Right. You know, I just, I mean, that that to me was an absolute miss. And I really do wonder if Aaron Judge played for the Texas Rangers or Seattle Mariners if if we would have seen that. I doubt it. Yeah, I don't think. You I see think, what I'm saying? I think, yeah, the Yankee element's huge. Now, you might want to say, well, they didn't do it with pools, but the Apple TV thing is exclusive, exclusive. So they couldn't yep. cut in with Apple TV on Friday night, just for the record, because I would imagine that that question would pop up. Uh, Jackson, I have been going on and on and on, as I am one to do. Any thoughts on any of the things that I have had to say, or you've been listening to mic drops? Uh, no, I've not been. That'll be in the break. Um, I've just been going over you know, Celtics game film here. But, oh, uh, you've been reviewing some of the Celtics game yeah, film. Yeah, I'm looking to get the head coaching job. But um, no, I just, uh, the Apple TV thing, like I, I, when I saw it announced that there was going to be on Apple TV Friday, I was like, okay, if, if Pujols does it, and at the time that I saw it, it was thursday afternoon so i was like oh well what if he hits 699 tonight and then goes and it's the 700 it's on apple tv there but the fact that he did it back to back back to back at bats right which makes it like and had it home run in a week right right six days or a week yeah so it so it kind of came out of nowhere in a sense but uh yeah i mean anytime you're ailing like you can bring people in and get people comfortable streaming while also not alienating people and i know a good amount of people who couldn't see the game uh, on Apple TV. So I do feel bad in that sense. But at the same time, like you said, there's a lot of money involved. And anytime there's that much money involved, a lot of things are, a lot of circumstantial things like this Pujols thing kind of get pushed to the wayside. Sure, I understand. What I'm saying is to not do this across the board because I get it. You're trying to move viewers not only to your platform, but also trying to get viewers comfortable Mm -hmm. with watching games that way. I mean, initially it was a big deal that the Cardinals games were all going to be on cable and there weren't going to be any free TV games once KSDK was no longer carrying games, which sounds like we're talking about traveling by train. But that was only a few years ago. So these things are gradual. But the reality is for a portion of the population, especially an older portion of the population, I'm not saying that to mock that portion of the population, this is the set of circumstances, but also for younger people too, they may not be Apple TV subscribers. Now again, I am, but I'm talking about for the the greater good and the fan base that what could have been a good business move for Apple and for baseball is to say we recognize and we do believe that this is the future, but we also recognize for a lot of people this isn't their present. Yeah. And because of that and because of how historic what Aaron Judge is doing and Albert Pools is doing, we are going to make this game available. And now again, I don't know what could have realistically been done if yes in New York and Bally's in St. Louis wasn't able to carry the game for whatever reason for production costs even though they were carrying the games on saturday i know that uh, maybe it wouldn't have been possible but that would have been to me a gesture again you don't do it all the time you're talking about a guy hitting 61 albeit feels like it's a bigger deal in new york than it is anywhere else and a guy hitting 700 which is a significant deal and i would say that if this were juan soto you know and let's say he were 15 years older Mm -hmm. and i have zero attention to juan soto but i recognize wow he's going to become the fourth player ever and fans in whatever market he's playing in 
didn't have the platform. My point being, this is in a St. Louis-centric viewpoint. I think you could have won more people over doing that than what wound up actually occurring, is what I'm saying. And from my standpoint, it was perfectly fine. It's easy as hell for me to watch on Apple or my phone or my television. But I recognize for a lot of people it wasn't. And also, it's unfortunate that the voice of the Cardinals television, Dan McLaughlin, was not able to have the call. And I think that's something, when you hear that call, you're going to go, who was that that had the call? It's like a trivia question. Uh, One that I can't answer at the moment. All right, your thoughts are welcome. We're getting a million texts on the topic. We'll get into Missouri as well. We have uh, mic drops. All that's coming up next. This is Balloon Party 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to McKernan with you to the top of the hour. This is 101 ESPN Action Jackson's on the ones and twos. We welcome you to get involved on the show, 65780, Air Comfort Service text line, and, of course, leaving mic drops via the 101 ESPN app. Jackson, do we have anything? You said you were going to check them during the break. Uh, how did that go for you? Oh, we got a mic drop. Oh, we do? Yeah. It's. Uh, what do we have? Yeah. Is it Steve? It is Steve. Okay, let's take a listen. What a weekend. Big games all around. Home runs, football. Stop it! Those are the two worst teams I ever have seen. They should both be 2 and 2 cuz neither one of them won the game. They both lost. Hey fat ass, make the damn field goal. Brady Cook couldn't even start for Auburn and they were on their fourth string. Neither one of those teams could win the FS FCS championship. Or even Division Two, and what the hell's going on Friday night? Albert hit that home run at like midnight. Why don't we all get on the same time zone? And what are you doing showing it on Apple TV? I want Danny Mac making the call. Tired of it. <laughs> Stephen Wildwood very furious with a wide variety of things, including the uh, time zones. Yeah, who would have thought <laughs> a serious time zone conversation? But I think it's time to have it. He uh. He may have passed on at the end of that. Yeah, I don't know if he survived that mic drop, and I guess we have to applaud him for his efforts. Uh, Stephen Wildwood not happy with the uh, Apple TV, uh, Pacific Time, yeah, and also Missouri and Auburn. Uh, this one, Jackson, is being compared by some Missouri fans to the fifth down against eventual national champion Colorado in 1990. Uh, that predates your birth by eight years, according yeah, to my sources. It does. Uh, Tyus Sedney, 1995, UCLA, eventual national champion, predates your birth by three years. The flea kicker against Nebraska, eventual co-national champion with Michigan in 1997, predating your birth uh, by, oh, about six months or so, five yeah. months. And, uh, and, and, and while it was, quote-unquote, heartbreaking, uh, the reason why I would say this is different is because those three teams were national champions, and Auburn is alarmingly bad. Yeah, they're terrible. I didn't realize how bad Auburn is. At the same time, if Missouri would be playing its third and fourth string quarterback, I would be having to make that discussion point uh, right, if right. I were if I were having a conversation about a game, and that is what Auburn had out there. Although I'm not sure how much it matters because I don't think Auburn's necessarily known for its passing game. Missouri was able to shut them down once they realized that Auburn couldn't throw the ball, and so I think that might make some Missouri fans, of which I am one, uh, I'm just one that is open to being critical of the team, that uh, the defense is uh, uh, dangerous. I would say the defense is improved, but at the same time, I don't know how the defense couldn't be improved relative to what it was last year. But where you have problems um, uh, is on the other side of the football. 
when that was 14 to 14 and I was watching it and I said to my friend who I was, I was out uh, with, I said, if this thing goes to overtime, it might go to like eight overtimes because I don't know who can score. They right. can't kick and they can't score. Yeah. Neither team can move the football. Now, there are a couple of things that that I that I feel like are being debated that I don't necessarily agree with. Now, I am I personally and I feel like it's like talking about politics. Well, here is where I am. So here is my opinion. I think a lot of people were very high on Eli Drinkwitz, probably because of recruiting. Mm-hmm. And I wanted him to be successful. I just felt like there was a lot of smoke and I hadn't seen any fire yet. And it's not like he had a big tenure as a head coach to point to. Right. And so with with that said, I have absolutely zero problem with him kicking the field goal at the end of the game. To me, that is the right decision. And I I understand people basing it on how can you say it's the right decision when it didn't work out, but that's not how decisions are made. Decisions are made when you don't have the complete information. You have to decide based on incomplete information. And running the clock down with a kicker who had never missed from inside of 30 yards. Yep, 90 for 90. An all-SEC kicker is the right play, period. I don't know if that gets attention as much as it has if RG3 doesn't go, oh, they're just gonna, they're just gonna run it to the middle of the field and run the clock out. Um, but from my standpoint, that was absolutely the right call. It didn't work out, so that's not on Eli Drinkwitz. Nope. Uh, Pede fumbling the ball is mind-blowingly unfortunate. Yep. Uh, and I feel absolutely, I feel terrible for Harrison Mevis. I feel terrible for uh, Daniel Pede uh, because they had that game won. Now, in a weird way, from a macro standpoint, from a big picture standpoint, as strange as it might sound, it may be better for the program long term that they didn't win the game because the problems that were there last year are still there in the sense that they're not up to even middle of the pack in the SEC. It's just now the problems are kind of inverse. Last year it was the defense. This year it's the offense. And that Connor Bazelak heaving the ball skyward, landing in uh, Daniel Daniel Parker's hands, who would transfer like two days later to beat Florida uh, in overtime last year, I think, and then making them a six-win team, kind of, oh, look, look what's going on, and just beat Florida. That was not your typical Florida team. Mm -mm. And this would have been a road win against a brand name, but this is one of the worst Auburn teams I have seen. And Brian Harrison, if, I mean, as asinine as this might sound, if either Mevis makes a 26-yard field goal or Pete holds on to the ball for one more yard, as crazy as this sounds, Brian Harrison is not the coach of Auburn five minutes after that. Yeah. I'm, I'm Brett Bielma was fired on the field in Fayetteville after losing to Missouri. Dan Mullen was fired within, what, 24, 48 hours of losing to Missouri. Yeah, right, Brian right. Harson, they are ready for him to be fired. I think Brian Harson might be ready to be fired, and he will be fired yeah. uh, because they, they, they are a dreadful teams. Yeah. Yes, the next few weeks they've got LSU, they've got Georgia. I mean, it is going to be, and don't forget, Certainly. they still have to deal with Ole Miss and Auburn, right. or excuse me, Alabama. So with that all said, uh, now this is calling attention more to because if we if they win that game we're talking about, well I mean they played badly but they still were able to get a win and we're not talking about 
the game and the process. And from a process standpoint, just like I want to talk about the process on it being the right decision to kick the field goal, I talk about the process on a program either progressing or regressing. And this program at this moment is regressing. Whether Pede's in the end zone or not, or Mevis kicks the ball through the uprights or not, the program is regressing. So two main questions. How you have this situation at quarterback when you're an offensive guru is beyond me. Uh, it is horrible. It's not just bad. It's horrible. It's nothing personal against Brady Cook, just like it's nothing personal against Mevis or Pede. It's just making an observation, and that's my obligation, is to give you my honest assessment, and it's bad. It is real bad. Secondarily, and really to me, most importantly, what is going on with this top-rated offensive recruit in Luther Burden? Now, Gabe DeArmond joined us on uh, TMA earlier this morning, and he wrote about it on PowerMizzou.com this morning, that he is under the impression that Burden may be hurt. And that is why he, at this moment, I believe, has 17 or 18 touches. Right. And, I mean, if you have a Heisman Trophy winner who at one point was the talk of the NFL, albeit a decade ago before injury, and Robert Griffin III continuing to say on ESPN when they weren't covering Aaron Judge, going, wow, why isn't Luther Burden touched the ball? Where is Luther Burden? How come he's not touched the ball? This is becoming the theme when Missouri is on these national broadcasts. As Gabe said, it might behoove the program to do something that they don't necessarily often do and talk about what is going on with regards to his health if, in fact, he is injured. Because for other, otherwise, I can't figure it out. This one surprises me. If you would have told me at the beginning of the season Missouri was going to be 2-2, two and two, I would have gone, yeah, that's probably where they're going to be. I could certainly see them being 3-1. and one. I couldn't see him being one in three. I mean, I, I guess it could have happened, yeah, but I would have given it like a 1% chance. But if you said, what's the most likely outcome through four games, I would have said two and two. But I could have seen him beating K-State. I could have seen him beating Auburn. Yeah. And they probably should have beaten Auburn. Uh, I don't really know how you couldn't say that, I guess, if Auburn were healthy. But where Missouri is with Luther Burden is the thing that's most eye-opening to me. And candidly, it's the most concerning part. Also, the inability to have a quarterback at this point. Uh, yeah, the offensive line is not good. But you just don't have a quarterback, and I am truly taken aback by that. I have been of the opinion over and over again that Eli Drinkwitz gets four years, uh, no matter how bad they are. But what I would tell you is this. If they somehow, of course, you would expect them to lose to Georgia, less likely that they lose to Florida, but it's still likely, uh, whereas Georgia's an albeit certainty, although wouldn't it be wonderful if somehow. Yeah. Uh, if you lose to Vanderbilt coming off the bye week after Florida, at that point, all bets are off. Yep. Yep. And then you have a three win at best season. And most likely. Right. I mean, South Carolina and New Mexico State are out there. You never know what happens with injuries. But of course. to beat Kentucky, Tennessee, uh, you know, un- Arkansas, that just strikes you as incredibly unlikely. Yeah. And whereas I still would like to see a college football coach, in particular in Columbia, Missouri, where the bar is different than take your pick of like eight other SEC schools, get four years, especially one whose hype is built on his recruiting, get his fourth year. I also would say his hype was built on being an offensive innovator, and to date I haven't seen any evidence of that. Nope. You are listening to Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. It's 1051 in St. Louis. I'll read a bunch of texts coming back because we've got a bunch on Apple TV, the Cardinals, and Mizzou. 65780, this is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Final segment of Blue Party 101 ESPN. It's 10:56 and just really dreadful clock management. 
Maybe this should be called Clock Management. Should we change the name to Clock Management? We've changed it about 10, 15 yeah, times. I guess you're so right. Welcome back not. to Clock Management. Uh, let's see, guys. I can't believe we're a week away from Little Piddles choosing between Cardinal playoff updates, STL City, SC playoffs, uh, and Blues preseason and NFL highlights, only to have him provide an update on the Suns preseason games. Yeah, that, that's an astute observation. Is that what's going to happen? Yeah, you better believe it. Well, well, when the Cardinals and Blues are playing at the same time, hopefully they're playing at the same time, then, uh, yeah, I'll have both of those and then a little NBA nugget for you. The Suns preseason update. Uh, getting a million texts on Missouri. Uh, a lot of it is about Luther Burden. Uh, Jackson, you were making the observation that he was horse-collared against Abilene Christian, and you think that he is still suffering from the effects of that. Yeah, I, I, the hit was just, it was an, they didn't call it horse-collar on the field, it looked like it to me, but uh, he was clearly shaken up from that. I believe he went to the locker room after that and came back out. And ever since then, he's just kind of looked a little shaky. This was after he returned the punt for the touchdown. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like... You know, if there's any chance that he's somewhat banged up, I don't blame Mizzou for being like, okay, we're going to really limit his snap count. Tim, I feel Coach Drinkwitz is a used car salesman who happens to be coaching football, which is why he's great at recruiting kids, but is not a good evaluator of his own kids. Brady Cook is not the answer. Tyler Macon should be the quarterback at Mizzou, but for whatever reason, he refused to give him the opportunity when Luther Burden only went to Mizzou because of Tyler Macon. That's from the 314. I don't know about, I don't know about the latter that. portion yeah, sure. I mean, of that. The Tyler Macon thing is a little uh, confusing to me, candidly. Yeah. Uh, Gabe, uh, either on... Uh, uh, on here or on TMA or on Power Mizzou uh, was saying that uh, you can want Tyler Macon to be the quarterback. I'm just the messenger, and I can tell you Tyler Macon was running the quarterback uh, scout team yeah, offense scout for team. Auburn last week. Yeah, So it's just not like he's close. He is not even, I would imagine he's probably fourth yeah. on the depth chart. Yeah, and he had a good, he played the first Couple drives against Georgia last year. Yeah, and I and thought let it him pretty good. Led him to. So a, that's why. It could, that's why. Could, I'm not saying he's the answer because no. you have an offensive line issue, right? As well, but I don't. I don't. I don't know on that. That 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 part confuses me for sure because he did look good in his one couple of drives. And that's against than, Georgia yeah. in Athens. Uh, it's 10:59, and because of my horrible clock management, new name of the show, my horrible clock management. It's time for us to go. BK and Ferrario are up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, also known as my horrible clock management, on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.